nine years in League One, nine managers, three owners, one dream, two failed playoff campaigns, one automatic promotion place. When it comes to the chance of getting involved in a title race, this is the one we've waited for. Dum, 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 dum. Okay, ahead of the big game, uh, I've got a, a big panel for this week's podcast. And this is a weekly podcast because so excited am I, I couldn't wait a month to do another one. So uh, delighted to welcome back to the podcast, Barry Davis. I mean, I think the premier driving school in, in Airdrie, would you say, despite the, the, the ball sponsor on, on Saturday, Barry? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a fair a fair comment to be honest. Um, Stephen's a friend, but yeah, I think it's I don't need to advertise. It's, it just works for me. Nice to be back. Thanks for inviting me, Colin. No, you're you're welcome. And shout out to Stephen if you're listening. I, I went to Boys Brigade with him growing up, so we we, we jest. Uh, and I also grew up just round the corner from Colin Campbell. So Colin, welcome back to the podcast. Yes, thanks for inviting me. I've finally escaped from the island of Arran. So you're a hard man to track down, but yeah, we've got you back on the mainland this week, so <laughs> delighted to have you. Uh, and uh, a late substitute tonight, uh, Alan Porteous, we'll give it a, another shout out, he's uh, just getting over COVID and not feeling great, uh, and Emma Quigley was good enough to, to come back on at short notice, and Emma, I need to do, I, I referred to you as the queen of meme, not mean, last time I introduced you, because yeah, I think you are Adrian's Adrian's premier Twitter fan, I would say. So, uh, welcome back to the podcast, and thanks for coming on uh, without time to even think about it. Thank you, thank you. I don't know if I'm uh, as the super sub that everyone cheers or the one that everybody groans and goes, "That's desperation station." So, um, I'll let listeners make their own mind up on that one. They can send in. They can send in their responses yes. after listening to the podcast. <laughs> Not the uh, Dean Ritchie of. Uh... <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> the step overs, Emma. We want step overs. I'll uh, do my best. I'll probably trip over rather than step <laughs> over, but I'll give it a go. Um, so, Emma, you were on last week. So, let, let's call on him and Barry. We've not spoken to you for a while. Uh, so, what's your your reflections on recent form and games that you've been to? Colin, you, I take it you're enjoying this season. Oh, I think since the last time I've been on, this has been one of the best seasons in what twenty years at least. Uh, style of football has been great some special special goals uh, I don't think there's anybody been a, a weak link uh, disappointed when McEnroy went away but uh, I think we've managed to uh, get back into uh, the run since then so uh, it's been great great to be an Airtree fan put your scarf on on a Saturday and you can you can smile so yeah great yeah, it's not often we can see it Barry what about you what, what have you made it all um, yeah, I need to echo Colin's comments there. I mean, you're, you're excited about a Saturday now. You're actually looking forward to it. You're counting down the days. Um, it's been the last few seasons that, that my son's actually been enjoying going. And this season, it's been like, I'm trying to say to him, look, it won't always be this good. Um, we need to just kind of temper the the enthusiasm a little bit because there will be spells where it's not like this. But for now, it's like just riding that train. Like seeing guys like Easton every week, um, Frizzle, McCabe, just strolling it and and I don't know, they just look so good to watch. And yeah, yeah, it's basically fantastic. Some of the goals, as Colin says, I mean, when was the last time we've we seen goals of Easton's on Saturday? The, the, the kind of quality of that. I mean, it's just you're just you're almost expecting a, a world, a world every week now. I mean, <laughs> aye, it's brilliant. It's a great yeah. time when you're just fun. I did have a chuckle, uh, Brian Smith on commentary saying, oh, and, and he must score as he was like, bringing it mm-hmm. down on his knee. Um, but that's such as a level of confidence that uh, he, he did. Uh, and so, so Brian was right. Um, Emma, you spoke to us last week, but the Queen's Park game, I mean, just a, a, another very impressive victory. How did you find it? Yeah, it was. Um, just, it was a really, really, really impressive game. And I actually didn't realise, I think until it was all over, that, that was the playoff place secured so I know obviously we're all excited about um, the, the kind of race to, to see who wins the, the league this year but actually that's a really important 
milestone and just the way we went about it you know just thought we were absolutely excellent and then you know really did a good job of just controlling that in the second half um just a kind of complete really performance I don't think um there was a a weak link in the team really much at all I think everyone did an excellent job players that were asked to step in through injury as well so yeah just um kind of what I said on the last one and what Barry and Colin have said just a really enjoyable time to be a fan and actually just that's all you really should be doing is just just turning up your Saturdays and enjoying it again it's it's been brilliant yeah, I've been banging on about it. it was on paper just a really tough month away to Aloha who we lost before away to Falkirk who you think might come into form at some point Queen's Park have hardly lost a game all season at home culminating in Saturday's game so who wants to go first who, how how are you feeling how nervous are you uh, I mean it's, like, it's kind of I think Andrew's line was that's why you watch football uh, to have a game as big as this is is definitely something that you look forward to uh, but Colin we'll go to you again how are you feeling about Saturday uh, well I've, I've gone for a 2 nothing win um, I, I'm nervy as I always am at all these games because I think Cove are a well-organised, clever team. Um, I think they're a bit more physical than we are. And unless we get into the game, if we don't score first, um, I think we will be in a wee bit of bother because we'll get nervous. I thought the team looked really, really confident at Falkirk and uh, against Queen's Park. So that level of them thinking that they're the better team, I think might well... Ease my, ease my nerves. Um, but in the second half, I was still thinking that Queen's Park guy that had the shot at the goal that Curry just kind of blocked away and their forward made a mess of it. I mean, had they scored then, you can never tell what's going to happen. So I'll always be nervous. 60 years of support in the But this has been really, really good, yeah. Emma, have you got your hat picked out? I saw that you, you decimated the new stock in the, the club shop to take your every hat collection up to about, what, 10 now? Yes, yeah, like gremlins, I think when you feed them after midnight and they, they multiply. Um, I always have been taking the same hat, even if I don't wear it, I've carried it in my pocket because <laughs> some of the most important wins we've had, I would have had the hat on, so I took it to Falkirk. Um, I had it on it for the Falkirk game. I actually wore the same coat and hat that I wore when we played there earlier in the season. When we beat them, the three, I think it was the, that was a three 0 game, and I had it in my pocket on Saturday's game, so it will be coming with me on Saturday, even if I don't wear it. And I am trying really hard not to think about Saturday's game because my nerves are really kicking, and I can't remember a game this big in a long time. And it's all or nothing for us, really. I think in a way that probably isn't for for Cove in terms of the league. Barry, it will be difficult to get your son to sleep on uh, on Friday night. Yeah, he's he's already talking about it, um, and a few of his well, he, he described one of his school his classmates as a Rangers supporting Airdrie supporter, and I'm just like, right, okay. But apparently he's going on Saturday, so along with um, a few of his other classmates who are also Airdrie supporters, and his cousins coming through from Rue. Uh, that's where my brother stays now, so they're coming through for it too. Hope they don't ruin the game. <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully not. It's a long drive home if we lose. Um, I mean, regarding the game, as as Andrew said, this is why we support. This is why we 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 go to the games. This is why we support Airdrie because for these moments where there is something that that, that you're genuinely looking forward to, that that you're actually kind of counting the days to 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 come around. Um, I mean. It's it's one of these things. There's been such bleak spells in Airdrie supporter over the past twenty years. Even from when we we came back as Airdrie United, there's been some pretty grim performances that we've probably all seen. So to now have a game that it's it's like I said, it's all or nothing for us. Cove are probably a bit more calmer than we are because well, they just need to not lose effectively. Even a draw is no use at this point. I think if we draw on Saturday, I think we can it's unlikely we'll make up the deficit and we'll need to settle for the playoffs and start focusing on them. I think Ian Murray alluded to that in his interview, one of the interviews I read today as well, that, 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 that achieving the playoff place this early allows them to plan for it. Obviously, if something does happen with the league and we win it, then happy days. But at least they can actually now focus on at least planning for the playoffs and go into them a bit better prepared than they were last year. 
and start boiling up on the potential opponents. Um, obviously, Dunfermline picked up a good result last night. Um, so I would love to see Air United get dragged into it, just because I don't particularly like Air United. Um, but that's historical for most Airdrie fans. Um, and also, it would be nice to to give McEnroy a, a wee wave as uh, if we managed to put them down at the expense of us going up. Um, not that I'm bitter about not coming back or anything like that at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think a win on Saturday for Cove, we'll probably see them. They'll win the league then. I think eight points is too much with six games to go. Or five after Saturday it'll be. Um, is that right? It's five games after Saturday. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we win and it's very interesting. A very interesting one. And in the, the fact that we could go top the following Saturday um, would be pretty good. Pretty good. They're then chasing us. And the, the, the following Saturday, what we're playing, are they playing on the Sunday? We're playing ahead of them. So we say we go top, it's because uh, yeah, if we if we beat them and then win the next three points, they've not kicked off yet and they'd find themselves second in the table for the first time in a, a long time. So that feels like the dream scenario to really keep the pressure on them. Yeah, yeah. And does that change, I think, Barry, how you'd want to approach the game then? So we're saying a draw's no use, really. Uh, yeah, it's win or bust. The team's on a good run, Cover on a good run. If you're Ian Murray, are you thinking about doing anything different? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think so. I think he needs to go with the same team that started against Queen's Park and, and set it up exactly the same way. Would you know replace Walker? Well, sorry, yeah, okay. I, assuming Watson's fit, I would bring him back in. Yeah, definitely. I think Walker is okay. He's, he's, he's a definite downgrade on either Watson or Kyle McDonald. But um, yeah, I'd bring Watson back in and go with the, the rest of the team similar to, to, to Saturday's game. Um, I think we need to go for it. And that team on Saturday would, would, would be good enough to, to beat Cove. I think that, as Colin says, they're a clever team. They play to their strengths. Um, they don't have a lot of strength and depth, though. That's the one thing. I mean, they lose one of their front men. They've got Leighton McIntosh waiting in the wings. I mean, it's not the best. It was all right for us. And we maybe would have liked to have seen him back. But, yeah, he's not as good as Mitch Meganson or, or, or uh, Rory McAllister. And he certainly wouldn't get in our team at the moment. Um, so I think strength and depth could be a problem for Cove. But that only matters if they get any injuries. But as I say, I think on our day, we, we can match them and beat them. Just need to turn up on the day. Colin, yes, not... uh, I'm, I'm for all out attack uh, straight from the whistle. Uh, I, I want an early goal like we got against, was it against the uh, East Fife? We get... scored almost instantly. Yeah. Jordan Allen took the ball down and, and slotted it home. Yeah. yeah, I think we have to score against them early. They will not panic, but the momentum's definitely with us uh, with an early goal. Um, I hope Watson is back in because I think Watson and Gabby McGill will do more against Harry Milton, who I think is a real danger guy for them, than having Walker, who's essentially defensive. But I think Watson can get up and down the park uh, so much more. Um, so I think I, I, I was trying to remember when we beat them last year. I know it was was it Jack Mackay that. <laughs> That got the winner in the, the extra time game. And I mean, we're miles better than that this season. And they have been very, very good. But we've improved far more than they have. So I think this time we can we can, we can can beat them. I've gone for 2 nothing because I think the Fordyce will not let uh, <laughs> Meganson get anywhere near the box. But that's love- optimism. I'm loving this confidence. They're 20 unbeaten and we're just going to take an early goal and then get a second on Colin. That's a, that's, that's a spirit. Emma, are you as equally as optimistic? Absolutely. I think if we'd had um, the game had gone on a f- maybe 10, 15 minutes longer up there, we would have we would have beat them. Um, you know, Cove liked to score early goals and unfortunately when we went up there, we um, gifted them that, but obviously that, that kind of happened up there. So I don't... I kind of... Part of me does have that kind of oh you know go for it like Colin said just absolutely all guns blazing but I think we need to be really careful that we don't make a similar mistake and that we can maybe stand off from what we did and and allow them to score that early goal so it may be a lot cager than we think but I've got absolutely no doubt that 
um, you know, Ian, Ian Murray will have the game plan spot on. Um, if Watson's fitter, yeah, great. Let's see him obviously straight back in the team. I think that's our strongest team just now. And I absolutely no doubt the players will turn up for this because they've turned up for every game this season. I don't think they've ever hid from a game or, you know, or when a game's not been quite going our way. I know they've been few and far between, but I was kind of thinking back earlier today and I think you know I don't think I ever really remember a game where the heads have ever gone down even when it's been you know think of that the Dumbarton melee as I, as I call it you know um, so I've got no doubt that you know that they'll have their, their game plan spot on I've got no doubt that every player will turn up for us on the day um, and I'm confident that this team can can get a result but it's just so close between the two of them that it's really hard to really hard to call one way or the other I agree with you, actually, Colin. And to, I'm joking there, but I think they do need to uh, try and get on the front foot early. And I think it's this is kind of where managers earn their, their corn. So it'll be interesting to see what Paul Hartley decides to do. Because we've all said, like, a draw is no use to us, it probably is for them. So will there be a temptation for them to come and, and not be too expansive? Uh, and then if Adrian could be, take advantage of that hesitation, that's that's the hope. I think the, the natural thing is that the I, I draws enough for them, so they the, need to go all out. The dilemma for them surely is that if they go for a, a draw, <laughs> they've then got another two away games. I mean, they're going to find it very, very difficult. And the, the other away games, the way this season has panned out for them. So I hope he does that and tries to sit back. I don't think anybody can counter attack on us as easily as we've counter attacked on them. Yeah. Um, and if they play big long balls up to Rory, no, I think we have to. We've got to go over it. I've said before. Mine was used to say that Murray was tinker man. He kept tinkering with the team. Sometimes it was a three, sometimes a four. He seems to have settled on the the formation that we're playing at with that kind of pressing game as well. So I'm quite happy about it. I'm reading a book at the moment called uh, The Pyramid of Tactics, which was written about 10 years ago by some guy, Wilson. Inverting the Pyramid by Jonathan Wilson. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Lindsay bought me it for my birthday. (laughs) It's 10 year old, that's probably why she bought me it. Um, And it's fascinating uh, looking at how tactics have evolved over 120 years. So maybe Ian Murray has finally settled on the right formation and the players. Yeah, I think I think the team kind of does pick itself. As you say, I mean, I mean for Scott Walker, to have him as a third-choice fullback is actually a bit of a luxury because uh, he played a part in that great run at the end of last season. But I would agree, uh, both the other players are, are stronger options at the moment. Uh, so if we can get one of them back in fit, it's just a, it's a really strong, robust team. I think I said last week, you can see goals coming from all over the place. Even McCabe can hit a free kick. Four dice could head one in. Agnew's not got his goal yet. I noticed on the, the interviews, but he'll be desperate to score. Dylan Easton, Dylan Easton. Frizzle pops up with goals now and again. And that's before you even got to the forwards. So I, yeah, I'm just hopeful that continues on on Saturday. Um, what about the, the club? Uh, so dropping the prices early in the week uh, to £10 and £5. I think we've got to nothing but praise for that. I mean, this is probably the game where people wouldn't have objected to paying £18 so much because we're trailing it. It's this massive game that we've not had for 20 years, maybe. Um, They're trying to fill the place as much as they can. Happy to see that. Yeah, I'm in favour of it. Uh, I've been a season ticket holder. It doesn't matter to me, but I think having people turning up a fiver or a tenner is still well worth it if it increases the crowd. I think they might take a financial hit, but I'm not sure about that. Um, it's Nobody's going to pay £18 on a one-off kind of thing, so bringing it to a tenner makes it within the range of a lot of people, especially if there are no other games of any great note, apart from international. <laughs> I ignore them. So no, I, I think the club are right, just for, on this one occasion. I don't think you can do it all the time because uh, I don't know what the books say if they're like yeah. or how the clubs run, but you couldn't do that all the time. And Emma Combs, is your day job? Are you impressed at the kind of four days to go, £10, £5, three points or whatever it is that they're, they're trailing at us? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's you can't fault it at all. Um, you know, we are, most people, you know, are, are pretty tuned in. You know, it's been a, a tough couple of years for people. You know, it's an expensive time with, with one thing or the other. So to be able to drop the prices, you know, for the, the biggest game, as you say, in the last probably 10, 20 years to enable any, you know, even just a lapsed fan to be able to, to come along and and bring, you know, their kids or their, or their family, you know, is just, it's, it's just to be commended. And you've seen the reaction, not just from our fans, but, you know, on social media, et cetera, from just people who generally just follow football, you know, saying that they're considering coming along. Um, I'm the same as, I'm the same as Cole, you know, I've got a season tickets. It doesn't make much difference to me, but what the club did at the start of the season as well was do the, the free kids season tickets. So um, I've been bringing my daughter with me all season, you know, home and away. And obviously she's got her pre-season ticket being, you know, under 16. So there are things that they do all season. It's not just obviously this to try and encourage fans along. But um, I just really, really hope there's a good crowd. Um, and I think the team, as I said in the last podcast, I think they deserve as much support as they can get. And I just really hope that if you're not sure or you're still, you know, 100%, you know, get yourself along on Saturday. Yeah, I've, I've got a season ticket too. So again, like Colin and Emma, it doesn't really affect me. And I, I took advantage of the, the free child season ticket for, for, for James. But I think I'm not convinced people would pay the £18, even though it is such a big game. I think if they were going to do it, they might have came before by now. But with reduced price, hopefully, even a, even a couple of hundred extra on the gate might just tip the balance in terms of atmosphere to, for the team as Emma says the, the team do deserve it it's quite dispiriting to see the figures come at 649 people watch the Airdrie beat Montrose 4-1 I mean that was a that was such a big a big result for us this season because we, we've struggled to beat Montrose since they were promoted so to, if we can just get a few extra hundreds and if maybe even I don't know a quarter of them just hang about for the rest of the season and maybe take in a few away games, then it'll just, I mean, the team know we're behind them. I think they do know that and the the, the response they've had. I mean, Emma, we, we, you commented on something I posted on the, the Facebook page about lack of understanding about game management. That that was, I was nervous as well in the second half and, and what I was more kind of meaning there was Murray explained that the team would have liked to have scored more goals but they didn't and they saw the game out. But I think that would, in the past, have got Airdrie fans on their back. Oh, boo, chase it, what are you doing? They're sitting in, oh, you're... Like, maybe there's going to be spells in the second half of games when we're, when we're holding a lead that the other team will press and, and will have their own wee period of, of sustained pressure. But it never at no point in Saturday did I think, oh, man, Queens are coming back into this year and they're going to get something from it. We, we, we saw it out so well. But the, the groans for the crowd, oh, sake here, just sort it out. You're just like, sort what out? We're winning 2-0 comfortably and we don't even look like losing this game. And the same against the week, the week before against Falkirk. We never, ever looked at any point like, like losing that game. So if people can come and see that on Saturday, then, as I say, hopefully they'll stick around and come back and maybe support the team again. I mean, over 5,000 people came to see us win the title in 2004 against Morton. Nearly 6,000, in fact, if memory serves me correctly. I mean, I know some of them would have been Morton fans, but not a lot, because it was us winning the league. So the majority of that crowd that day was Airdrie fans. That's, uh, to get that type of crowd would be unbelievable now. But I think we've got... Just actually goes to show how much this time in League One's actually hurt us overall. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's been a, a period of... St- stagnation and it has it has really really affected the club in a massive way I think I'm correct in saying that uh, we are the only team that have never been in a different league for something like 10 years yeah I think it was 2012 we we came down wasn't it so that would be right um, it's yeah it's been a, a as I say there it's been a bleak period and it's a difficult league to get out of, which I really, really hope Falkirk experience for a long, long time. Um, because the level of arrogance from their fans is is, is quite, man, it's staggering. And as I say, I've made this comment a few times, I hope they're down here for a long, long time. 
Um, I was looking before we, we started recording. Boyle, Bolin, Waleki Black, Danny Lennon, Kevin McBride, Mark Wilson, Willie Aitchison, Stephen Finlay, and then Ian Murray. I mean, it's been a long time there has been that period of stagnation. We used to get decent crowds when we're watching Gary McKay's terrible team. So you see the impact yeah. it has had over time. Uh, and it's just, I probably felt a bit like this before the playoff final last year. It's just this hope that... If we could, if we could do it, if we could do it in the style as well, if we could win the league from this position, it would be, it would be incredible. Uh, and like you say, Barry, I hope that um, the lowering the price will bring back lapsed fans and that they'll stick around. If we, if we put in the performance on Saturday and can get the win, uh, they'll want to be there for the rest of that that journey. Because th- those of us who have stuck through that, that long list of managers, uh, we are enjoying this as much as anything for a long time. And you do just want other people to begging them to come back uh, and, and experience that. So, fingers crossed, Saturday's the first, I, first I step. I think somebody, somebody jokingly said that if we score six on Saturday without reply, we've got the better goal difference. Seems like, <laughs> seems like it's done something to do then, doesn't it? That should be the target. <laughs> so, get a goal early then. Floodgates will open, to use a cliche. So, uh, I remember the days when they used to open the gates at Broomfield to let you in, or Maybe it was to let you out with twenty minutes to go. So, did they stop? Did they do that at Excelsior, Penny Cabaret, and like they don't? No gates get opened. Not in the same way. So yeah, yeah like the, the big red uh, cast iron gates or whatever they were at Broomfield, where people could uh, have snuck in. I think you'd be able to leave, but nobody could. Uh, could I think you're all too young in. for that. Am I correct in saying that? None of you experienced that kind of. Uh, I think I think we were all uh, at Old Broomfield. Uh, yeah, no, I, I remember it. I remember it. Um, yeah. I remember getting lifted over the turnstiles at Old Broomfield, and I, I remember the gates getting opened up as well. So vaguely, I think I was. It was more the baying crowd just next to the pavilion. I can remember calling rather than maybe that's the people that snuck in just to shout at them. She has her own special memories. <laughs> I was always part of that crowd. <laughs> even when I was in the centre stand <laughs> and what about big Airdrie games because I'm trying to think so this does feel like a huge game on Saturday and then looking back over time yeah the season that we beat Morton uh, yeah but we didn't really like, they collapsed and we didn't really have a crunch game with them the Stevie Gray game at McDermott Park the year it had opened and Airdrie filled one stand and St. Johnson filled the other three and there's, there's good footage of that on, on, on YouTube and otherwise I'd be thinking maybe semi-finals but I can't think of many games that have been like top of the table clashes that I've seen Airdrie in have you got any memories of, of games like that? I do remember the St. Johnson one and I was really disappointed because I think we scored first yeah. am I right? And then that big centre forward of theirs uh, seemed to frighten our defenders um, I, can't, I can't think of many top of the table clashes I mean obviously the season we, we, we got promoted was great I remember the the previous season being at Sunrar, uh, where we thought we were in fact that clown of a an announcer told us that we'd been promoted, so we're all cheering. And of course all these guys with these phones are saying, Hey, wait a minute, they're still playing at Hamilton. Um that was a top of the table clash that didn't go very well uh, on that day. That was a long drive back from Sunrar. Um so I don't remember many of that kind of thing. I do remember when we got promoted, when Hearts were the champions and we, we finished second. That was Bobby Watson. He's talking eighties to get into the Premier League. Aye, uh, that was a good, that was a great season as well. So, um, yeah. Believe it or not, I think I was at that game. Was that at Starts Park? Was that? Uh, no, that that, that was, the was one that before. Oh, the, the Starts Park one is another cracker because you scored was... after. Two minutes. Yeah, and I remember I was at that game. I mean, yeah. I I was young. My dad took me. I don't remember any of the significance of it. I just remember the being on the pitch when it ended and being on my dad's shoulders and just kind of sprinting across mm-hmm. Starks <laughs> Starks Parks. That's probably the first memory that I've got of a kind of you know really big game. Um, and that was probably the season that first started to kind of uh, start watching Airdrie. 1991, Emma. So they use that to date it. And then, obviously, in terms of the next kind of big milestone for myself was probably the Hibs playoffs when we came really close again. Um, I think was that maybe the first time they were 
those that format of playoffs. Yeah, uh, second bottom versus second top. Yeah, which is a, that fa- was... a fairer playoff, I would suggest. Yes, much better than the kind of lottery that we go into now. Um, yeah, that's probably the two that I can remember just from from being at the games and. Obviously, one was absolute jubilation, another one was um, very tough to take as a young fan. Barry, any to add, add to that list? Um, yeah, the, the playoff season, I remember going to Love Street and Paul Jack absolutely firing in a, a 30 yard screamer, just as if it caught it with no backlift at all. It just seemed to float in at the top corner. And then Gary Mackay crossed the ball in for Stevie Cooper to, to head in the winner, um, injuring himself in the process. Hero, what a legend! Um, on the run up to that, that that run we took to get to the playoff, the playoffs was phenomenal. I think we went quite a few games unbeaten that that season as well to get to that, um, including Gary McKay scoring the bobbliest goal I've ever seen up at Broadwood. If anybody remembers that one, um, where it just took about an age, about forty touches to win. I tried not to remember the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> recent playoffs, especially recent years. Um, in terms of other big games, I think the season we won the league. I mean, 18 games unbeaten we went in that season. So we're, we've got a few games to go before we match that um, that kind of record. But I remember some good games that season as well. Just even the run up to winning the league. I think we went, we, we drew with, was it Hamilton Ackies, one each? And then I think we we won, was it, did we win the league at Alloa? Coyle scored. Alloa, yes. A really early goal and we were all in the park at the end. I remember the, that one, yeah. The pouring rain. And then it just was a case of turning up for Morton to give us the the guard of honour where the betting slips raining down on top of them um, the last game of the season there. So th- those games were were, were phenomenal. Um, my best memories of, of the last kind of 20, 30 years is, def- is the cup the cup run to the, the final in 1995, uh, 1995, the semi-final against Hearts, the quarter-final against Wraith. Th- those were all massive big games. I know they weren't league games, but... Just in terms of the, the sheer scale of them and 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 beating the, the teams, I think we struggled to beat Wraith that season, and they'd beat us in the semi final of the Coca Cola Cup, and I think we'd reverse that in the the, the B and Q Cup. Um, but then I, I think to go and then beat them so consecutive so convincingly was 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 pretty good. Um, I remember beating Thistle two one with a ninety fourth minute Marvin Wilson goal. That was a game. Johnny Martin got injured and Steve Cooper played in goals. I think Matt, uh, Paddy Connolly scored the, the equaliser and then Big Marv popped up with a 95th minute. I remember almost falling down the wooden stairs in the stand celebrating. So there's there's been some unbelievable games over the years. Um, not much for the past 10 years, unfortunately. So hopefully Saturday changes that. My highlight uh, is the Texaco Cup penalty shootout. Uh, where Roddy McKenzie saves two penalties, I think, if I remember right. Um, that was just a, it was an evening game, floodlights. Uh, ran on until five minutes to ten, I think, uh, and the pubs shut then and at ten o'clock in those days, so you couldn't you couldn't get a drink after the game. But in terms of the league, right, the last ten years, pretty poor, and that's why this one has been so good. Despite my moans at the beginning of the season, because I did moan uh, about some of the the kind of tactics from uh, Ian Murray. So, um, but I think he's he's found his way. The the slow starts the season was a wee bit frustrating, but I heard that described recently as a an opportunity cost, which is probably fair. Like there was guys not long in the door, and he did need to find a way to blend them into a team. So uh, it's worked out. And, uh, in the end, and even I was looking the other day at the team that played Motherwell, and Katongo uh, and Wardrobe started as did. Fullbacks. Yeah. Uh, aye, so uh, yeah. as like yeah, wing backs with three at the back, uh, and Matty McDonald, or he was man of the match. So it was even I was shocked at how much change there had been even since that game uh, to to what the starting lineup is now, um, but it's all been all been for the betterment of the team. Okay, excellent. Anything we should wish to... him a happy birthday, of course. Uh, wait, yeah. is he... 41. Oh, James, he's just a boy. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, it was just a nice clip uh, seeing that. It looked to me as if, because I feel like Ian Murray's been pretty guarded and we're now about three years in. That was actually nice to see a bit of, obviously, his personality and his sense of humour yeah. rather than yeah. just the kind of very straight answers that he, he used to give. So it's great to see 
him obviously feeling more comfortable with the guys doing the filming and having that bit of a joke. I have actually noticed um, applauding the crowd as well when he's been coming off, which I think is quite a, a telling thing in terms of a shift in relationships between the, the fans and, and him as a as a manager. And he's, he's maybe come across as quite doer in the past and quite as you say, guarded, whereas you can see him out celebrating with the team now and he's, he's given the fans a wee bit of acknowledgement at the end and it's nice to see. It's as if everyone's just pulling in the one direction, which is, which is the way it should be, the way we all we all want it to be. But I think in the past, it, it has left us all a bit bamboozled with some of the team selections. So to see him kind of settling now and, and it does seem to be tactically very tactically astute and outfoxing some of the guys and some of his fellow kind of managers. So it's it's lovely to see and as I say, long may it continue. I think he'll be here next season regardless of of whether we go up or not as well, which I think is good for, for continuity. I've just got a funny feeling he'll probably stick around because I think he I think he quite likes it. I mean, it's a, let's face it, he's got a, a decent job, hasn't he really? I mean Yeah. He's been backed. I mean I guess a, a twitchier Owner could have bullied them at a couple of points, and if I, it would be nice to show that loyalty rewarded. But let's just all hope it's actually because he wants to prove on and show that he can make every prosper in the the championship. And that's mm-hmm. why why he stays rather than out of uh, just plain loyalty to us. Yes, that would be great. Right, anything to finish up on? Anything that we've not touched on before we wrap up ahead of the big game? I'd like to say that uh, Frizzell has been my man of the. Uh... Recent uh, three or four months, uh, considering what the Barton fans had kind of said about him, uh, wardrobe terrible, but uh, he has been phenomenal. I, I just think he is one of the the workers of the team. But he, he gets the ball back, doesn't he lose it? Uh, so I think he's a that's also terrible. He's ahead of Easton uh, at Maragars because he rarely loses the ball, and that be chip that you put in Easton. I mean, that, that one is sad. It was just spectacular. So he's my man of the season. Nobody's going to disagree with me. <laughs> no, I think that's a fair comment. He's, he, I mean, I, I read the Barton fans' comments too. Um, I think if you dig a bit deeper, he's, the guy's he's played for Kilmarnock. He's got caps for Scotland under 21. He's not, it's not as if he's lacking pedigree. And I think he was injured a lot of the time last season with them, Barton. So they never, never seen the best of him. But their losses are again. They were, uh, they were, they were definitely comparing the sign of Stokes. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we've oh, this guy looks great, and you've got Frizzle and luck, and you're like, well, okay, wait till you see the guy, because for me, it was a, an empty jersey for us. Um, but Frizzle's definitely been uh, as a, I think he's been one of the, the the main men this season as well. And as you say, Colin, that very rarely loses the ball. He's got he's got excellent skill. His ability to kind of have three men around him and to just pirouette away from them. I mean, that seems to be one of the things that he excels at doing. It's just great. Yeah. Um, Easton loses the ball a bit more because he's trying these for his world record kind of step over attempts. Um, but you can kind of almost forgive him that because he's an absolute magician on the ball and when he's in the mood I think he he must be pretty unplayable players must be thinking oh my god again as he kind of skips past them with ease for the 90th time it's um it's phenomenal to watch but Frizzle yeah great great player all great players um and I say on a side note for Ian Murray to have now put his mark on the team I think we can see this as his team and yeah look vindicated sticking with the guy and giving him the chance to, to put his mark on it yeah. and you think of the midfield struggles has been in recent seasons Colin to, to, mm. to have Frizzle Agnew McGill McCabe uh, it's just a just a, a joy and just a, a just luxury that how much resource we've got in that area compared to Scraping together functional midfields, you see, last season they went on a great run, but it was nothing like this. So uh, he's been a massive part of it. He's barely missed the game. I struggled to to look at the team, you know, most games, recent games, and pick a a real weak player. I think they've all just been absolutely fantastic, and you know the work rate as well. They just they work so hard for you know just within themselves and and for their you know their teammates as well. Um. So, yeah, you could pick any number of them, really, and I don't think you would get much, much argument from from anybody. 
think it's always easy to pick the players that are maybe a bit flashier and a bit showier. But you know, when you look at you know four dice and McCabe and defence all season, you know, just absolutely fantastic. And it's nice, really nice actually to see the, the presentation at the end of the game. Um, for his uh, hundred games, you know, he's been an absolutely fantastic player for us, um, particularly this season and the partnership that they've got got going on. Um, maybe it doesn't get as, as as much recognition because we do have, you know, <laughs> some just fantastic forward players and goal scorers in that team at the moment. Um, but just you know, from the front to back, it's just it's just been excellent. It's like a kind of a bit like Barry, I kind of. Four when I put Falkirk and I'm turning to my daughter and saying it's not always like this so just enjoy <laughs> it and cheer and scream and, and get involved and um, you know because uh, I do worry if we don't go up this season what, what happens next season but I'm just I'm trying not to to put my thoughts there right now um, I just focus on the presence and potentially another playoff which I think will be a different proposition with this team I was fortunate enough to be one of the 500 that Get into the the home leg of the Morton tie um, last season, and I, I just felt like a team that just played far too many games and was kind of just on its last legs with injury, and it wasn't through lack of effort. It was just, I think, just a big ask. But this feels feels different um, this time around. So I'd be pretty confident that there'll be no team in that championship looking down saying they want to play your day. No, I agree with that as well. Well, I'll wrap up with score predictions then Colin you've already given us 2-0 uh, Barry Barry you want to go next yeah I'll, I'm, I'm going to go 3-1 Airdrie I think I think we'll they will, they will score a goal but we'll score more 3-1 Emma I think there'll be goals on both sides I'm going to go 2-1 2-1 Airdrie that's where I'm going I'll go I think that. we'll I think we'll score first I think they'll equalise and then I think we'll score again well, as you know, I'm a second in the Pine Bovero Prediction League, uh, so I'm hoping to go top fairly soon, and I'll start on Saturday. And I'll go, I'll round it off with, you're just going to win 3-1, and Rhys McCabe's going to score a free kick. I don't know, I've had a premonition, he's not scored one for a while, uh, he's going he's gonna to score a free kick, uh, that'll be... Uh, to to really seal the win, the third goal and the three one victory is going to be a Reece McCabe free kick. I hope he's listening, uh, and he's getting he's, he's getting ready. He can he can vision it as well, uh, so that that happens. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Look guys. Well, thank you very much. Uh, hopefully, we are uh, our, our confidence is well placed, and we can. Um, I can't face another playoff. I- no, uh, just win the league. It's easier that way, isn't it? Just it just makes it less much stressful. better for me and my <laughs> mental health if we just do it that way. Thank you, please. Right, you've already heard from the guys in the, the red and white corner, um, but for the big games, I like to get the opposition view, and I'm delighted to be joined by uh, a man who four Airdrie fans have complimented uh, the quality of his post on Pie and Bovril within the last week. You may know him as Cove Rangers 1922. For someone at 100 years old, he's looking very well on the Zoom call that I'm doing with him at the moment, <laughs> but well, welcome to the OTL podcast, David Cow. David, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I mean, it's really adds to the podcast and it takes a good sport uh, to come on an, an opposition team so so thank you for joining us oh thanks for having me and yeah honored to uh to come on your podcast and um discuss the all things big match uh, the big, big match, match yeah big match especially and all things cove and airdrie so D- tell us a bit about you, you, how did the love affair with Cove start then? So you're obviously, you go home and away. Uh, tell us how you got into that. Yeah, so I started uh, following Cove for about 2017, 2018. And at that time, they were still in the Highland League. Um, my dad, who had just retired a few years earlier, had got into sports photography. And uh, he became the club photographer around about that time. So I had to... A strong interest in, in Cole friend about then because he was always talking to them to me about them and um, it wasn't until kind of the first kind of day of when we entered League Two that I started attending uh, matches and you know since that day I haven't I've barely missed a, a home or away match um, 
and you know it's kind of always on their mind uh, Cove and their journey and success and uh, and and their failures <laughs> um, so I traveled to games away with my dad and uh, go with some of my friends to kind of the home games. Yeah, and it's been, um, it's been a lot of success in the in the story so far. So you're a fairly recent convert to um, to following the team. I mean, within because Aberdeen, I think of it as this big one team city. Who do Cove try and market themselves to? I mean, is the Cove area uh, distinct from from the city, or are you just trying to find people that are keen to uh, to come along and see the club? Yeah, so there's a. There's a group of Cove fans who have followed them, you know, since like the 70s, and you know, obviously the older, the older fans, and you know, they've they've seen them all uh, throughout the Highland League. But we we get quite a few fans who just kind of spill over from Pitodre, and you know, if if Aberdeen aren't playing or they're playing away, they'll come and watch Cove. And I think as we're going up the leagues, we're getting more and more coming in through the through the gates. And taking an interest in Cove, where you know we're more in the local media now, um, and I think you know if we're to step up a division and get all the media and TV coverage, um, then I suspect suspect that will grow again. And I mean, at one point this season, Aberdeen were just having a, a bit of a terrible time off, and, and Cove were flying. So I mean. If you go up, there's not going to be that much distance between the two te- teams in the, the pyramid. So it's, it's quite a remarkable rise. In terms of the success, as you say, it's, it was like 1922 is obviously not your year of birth. It's a centenary year of, of Cove this year. So it's been around yeah. for a long time. A lot of that was as an amateur club. And then, uh, well, reading Wikipedia, one year as a junior club, but quickly um, elected into the Highland League, where they played for a number of years. Uh, and then recently into the, the the senior Scottish leagues through the the pyramid system that's been set up. Uh, so I mean, there's been success very quickly over the the last few years. What do you think has been behind that? Finances will be one thing. So I'd be interested to know where does the funding come from. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of well-funded teams within our league, Queens Park and Falkirk being two of them, uh, and Cove are really punching above their weight when you compare it to, to them. So uh, you talk to us about the success. Why, why is the Cove project going so well? Yeah, I think probably John Sharon, the ex-Peter Head and ex-Montrose manager, he took over in 20, 2014 Moorhouse for probably the catalysts behind the club's success and and uh, fishing to come into the Scottish Senior Leagues. Um, they definitely wanted to, to gain that promotion um, and they started to build a squad that they thought were capable of that. Um, so I think we had our first chance was in 2015-2016, but we were swept aside by Edinburgh City in the semi-finals then. And then in Mitch Megson, he joined in the summer of 2016. So that was a welcome addition to the squad, as you can imagine, with his talent playing in the Highland League. Um, but even with Mitch, um, we still lost out in the 2017-2018 um, playoff final to Cowden, which the Cowden beats, which is a low point. But the following year, bounced back and uh, beat Berwick Rangers 7-0 over two legs. And, and that got us into the, the SPFL. Actually, eight of the 11 players who started that final are still regulars in our League One squad side today. So that's quite remarkable. It shows you just the amount of talent we had for a Highland League side and probably were very misplaced at that time. But, you know, the finance, like you touched on, um, we have good backers um, in the chairman, Keith Moorhouse, um, and the Balmoral group, um, I suspect, are putting a bit of money into Cove, um, along with uh, Ace Fording, who I think are our main sponsors as well. So there's, you know, it definitely takes money. It takes the right people at the club. And then I think Hartley, he came in, you know, just before we entered the Scottish Senior Leagues. And you got to give him credit for what he's done. You know, it was a promotion in his first season. And then it took Airdrie to put us out in the semi-finals um, in their first league chance in League One, um, and then we're doing all right this season as well. So um, it's been a rapid rise. The 
point though you say about a lot of the players having played now, I guess in three different levels of football, um, is is quite remarkable. And Mitch Meganson, when I mean, you mentioned him, uh, the guy's a goal machine, and he's been a goal machine at all these different levels. Uh, t- talk to us about him as a player. What's what is it that makes him so effective? Yeah, so obviously Mitch started at Aberdeen, and then he's he's been in the championship with kind of Wraith and Aloe and um but you know it was a bit of bit of a drop down <laughs> to the Highland League but he's he's just so prolific in front of goal he's so agile and quick and he just he's instinctive when it comes to the ball coming you know just right in front of goal um, he can score quite a few goals and uh, different types of goals um, and I think his partnership with Rory is massive as well. You know, Rory as a target man, you know, just holding the ball up. Mitch just plays right next to him. No, he's going to win everything. And he's just, they're just so effective as, as a duo. He's definitely one that if we do go up, I've no doubts he would excel at that level as well, you know, um, Mitch. And he's a captain. His dad played for us. He loves the club. Um, just yeah, all around great guy. So really honoured to have him there. And you see, it's a very effective partnership with Rory McAllister. Rory McAllister is um, part of the tapestry of the the lower leagues in Scotland. Another goal machine in his own right. Um, when Cove signed him from Peterhead, I thought, oh, he's he's lost a bit at Peterhead in terms of the season that you, you signed him. Uh, seems a bit short sighted. It might get him up, but he would struggle at League One level. Um, but he's, yeah. I mean, he's been rejuvenated with you. He's still banging in the goals, uh, including one which we'll come on to in, in that semi final last year. So yeah, I mean, he he's been really impressive. He still seems still seems to be doing a great job for you. Yeah, I think he's league's top scorer this season with sixteen. Um, 19 in all competitions and I remember when he came in um, I had rumours that we were going to get a new striker in in the January and at that time I was pinning my hopes on Shane Sutherland because I heard it was a target man type striker and that was fairly prolific and that's all I knew and I kind of thought oh I quite like Shane because I saw him at Elgin and then it was and then it was Rory so it was that was a welcome surprise um, you know, it took him a little bit of time to get his fitness up. He, he wasn't on the greatest of runs up here ahead, who were probably struggling a little bit. But this season, especially, he's been he's been outstanding. Um, you know, he's 35 in the summer, so he's not going to go on forever. But um, like I said, the partnership with Mitch is outstanding. Yeah, and I saw the team of or yours combined 11 between Adrian Cove and you had them both up front, and, and even as an Adrian fan. Uh, and having a real soft spot for some of our forwards is hard to argue with that because they've been so effective and a big part in your, your success this year. And, and more generally than that, I mean, your team is is flying. I mean, we're unbeaten in 14, you're unbeaten in 19. Um, we're not reeling you in any. From an Airdrie perspective, uh, it's really frustrating that we keep winning and we're not really putting a dent in this lead. From a Cove perspective, I suspect we're like a baddie in a movie that you just wish would die <laughs> so that you could get on with with winning the league. Um, but I mean, what's this season been been like for you as a fan? I think it's very enjoyable. Some season, and it didn't get off to the ideal start. Really, um, we I think we drew one all with Falkirk first game, and then we lost two nil away to Queens down at Firhill. Uh, I think five he got sent off just before halftime when it's nil nil. Then they they ran out easy winners so we had one point from six um and having watched pre-season you know we had or just a team that hadn't played um many no pre-season hardly trained um with a few new signings which were shouldn't have been in the starting lineup you know it was evident that like kyle Gurley wasn't good enough to be in goals um, and we were playing Rot Straper, who just looks so out of his depth. Looks like he was towing the caravan every, and his his turning circles like the Kiwi too. <laughs> it was it was terrible. Um, so you know at that point didn't have massively high hopes and let something change, but it did, and we got going and started chuck up some wins. And then un, unbeaten since uh, mid October in the league. I think it's actually twenty games. Um, and we just had two losses in there, one to Hibs after extra time in the Scottish Cup and one to Queen of the South just recently. They beat us 1-0 as well. So it's a good run. It's been exciting watching them. 
I must admit. We're certainly uh, it's so such a long way to go. You know, there's six games, but Airdrie have just been incredibly impressive uh, the last 14, and you know, just a joy to watch. Um, so many good attacking players and defensively sound as well. I always like watching Fordites and McCabe. You, you know, you've got him in centre defence at the moment, but he he's someone that would excel in centre midfield as well. I feel a little bit bad for him playing playing at the back with all that quality. So we were no by no means uh, nailed on to win the league at this stage. Yeah, that's the football fan in you you talking because yeah, we know what happens if you say uh, if you see the opposite to that. So let's look at Saturday's game is is huge, uh, and I think there's a, a good narrative there in terms of um. Well, I've I've got two events now, two three twos. Uh, you this probably possibly before you started coming along to games, but uh, Cove beat Airdrie three two in the Scottish Cup. Funnily enough, uh, we had an emergency lone goalkeeper who flapped at the uh, chance which led to Cove's two each equaliser, uh, and you then went on to win. Um, it was at a point where uh, there was a potential takeover of Airdrie by someone who wasn't an Airdrie fan. The fans were really angry uh, about it. The mood was awful uh, all around the club. Uh, and some fans like myself uh, were pretty confident that Cove would win that day and, and benefited uh, financially by backing them. And I said to you, I've got a soft spot for Cove because you funded a, a portable pizza oven that sits in my, my garden. <laughs> uh, so so like a real, real, real low point for Airdrie uh, looking at the recent history of the two clubs. And then uh, you've already touched on it. So last year, we were really close uh, in the league. It gets to the, the semi-final of the playoffs. One each up at your place, Airdrie scoring early and then kind of holding on a bit. I uh, guess their place is a bit of a tight game and Rory McAllister scores really late on and then your keeper has a bit of a disaster which leads to the equaliser uh, in 94th minute or whatever and Airdrie going to win an extra time. You've then got a, a low moment there. I'm sure your mood wouldn't be improved by watching uh, a, a, a kind of patchwork Airdrie team just capitulate in the, in the final uh, and I'm sure Cove would have put up a better fight than, than we did against Morton. So just a real opportunity missed. So both these teams are coming back together in that ground uh, in this massive game. So I take it, I mean, from your perspective, this is a chance to uh, really win the league. I think if you if you win the game on Saturday and what a way that would be to exercise the demons off that semi-final loss last year. Yeah, it would feel like a little bit of redemption. <laughs> the wound is still definitely <laughs> from, from that game. <laughs> um, you know, I thought we had both feet in the final <laughs> when Rory scored in the 91st minute and, and obviously Stuart kind of flapped, flapped it and, uh, and then there was only one winner um, in the extra time really Airdrie looked superior and they were well worth uh, the win and you know I was cheering them on in the both legs of the of the final um, really wanted them to, to get up uh, but it just didn't happen against uh, Martin who who looked possessed, <laughs> you know, they were right up for it, especially the second leg, but that's just, that's the way it goes. And uh, it's definitely my thought, whoever doesn't go up is automatic from uh, promotion win- winners this, this time around. I think they will get up through the playoffs. That's my hope anyway. Yeah, and I think well, when we touched on that before we started recording, but uh, I mean, I think for both clubs, uh, like financially, promotion would be would be huge. Um, both in, like, away attendances, prize money, what you might be able to do in your own hospitality, um, players that you'll be able to keep uh, on the back of all of that. And to, if if you want to grow, then getting promotion is is very important. So I mean, I have a, a real concern that for Airdrie, if we if we get stuck down by not going up this year, then we're going to have Falkirk, whoever comes down, Queens Park, uh, who. Those teams have had a bit of a disaster this year, but have the the resources to to get it right. You would think our managers' contracts up. A lot of our uh, best players this year's contracts are up. Uh, I, I worry about us if we if we stay down. For Cove, I know that you've got probably more players signed up, but I, I guess you don't want to be stagnating in this league either. Exactly. Um. Yeah, definitely going to be very positive and think both teams are going to go up. Um. But for for us, having been at the top of the league for 
quite a while now and to not go up would definitely be demoralizing and uh, um, League One will definitely be tougher next year. I definitely feel that. We do have a lot of our squad under uh, contract for at least another year, apart from Harry Mill, who's, um, his contract's out in the summer and it's attracting quite a bit of interest from SBL clubs. So I need to see what happens with him. And I, I echo what you say, Adri, have very talented squad. Uh, a lot of those players are out of contract in the summer. Uh, managers out of contract as well. Like This is definitely the time to go up, get your players uh, signed up for longer, strengthen and reap all the benefits that the championship brings. And Adri are a team that should be in the championship if they've got the, the ground, they've got the players, they've got the uh, legacy you know, for that as well. So yeah. Would like both clubs to go up. That would be that would be a very <laughs> suitable outcome for us. Um, one final point I wanted to touch on, and it was based on a general joke with us uh, in the run up to the interview, but one of your uh, official Cove match reports uh, from the last game, where I just made some comment about the Lanarkshire full timers uh, as if it was Big Bad Airdrie against Little Cove. Uh, but it is interesting that you guys are on a part time structure and we are on this hybrid structure where actually a lot of the squad is in all the time but topped up by like the goalkeeper Callum Gallagher some others are, are, are just in uh, part time a couple of nights with the, the squad I've heard Paul Hartley say that that's something that would interest him uh, if, if Cove were to go up I mean do you think the, the part time versus full time um, is going to be a factor in this game and, and kind of the outcome of the season it strikes me that yes you're part time but you've got a lot of really good experience I look at Reynolds and, and Logan coming in uh, with their recent background with Aberdeen has uh, been really really strong acquisitions but maybe the maybe the fitness side and the fact that we are young might help us just uh, things that I'm pinning my hope to that we can overturn this lead is going to be uh, if we're able to outwork Cove on Saturday um, do, do you think that's a factor at all? I kind of thought it would be more of a factor if it was a season like last when we were playing, what was it, like four four games in every eight days. It was yeah. ridiculous, wasn't it? And um, I thought the full-time or hybrid teams might have a little bit of an edge at that point. But since it's a game a week, Cove, quite quite a fit team, I probably don't see it as a factor this time around. But Cove would definitely would like to mimic what Adria are doing in the, the hybrid approach. And I think... Um, you know, probably we'd need to go up to the championship to, to put that in place. But it's exactly the same thing that we want to adopt before going full time. You know, we've got a lot of players who are very good jobs in the oil and gas industry. You know, they're maybe late 20s um, and they're not going to give up their jobs to, to go full time. So hybrid approach is what we'll need to do and taking young boys kind of full time during the week and then the older boys at night. But I do like the fact that Cove are going for northeast based players. I find it bizarre that Peterhead rely on guys based in the central belt. Just, I, mean, I think at one point, some of their central belt players were training with a local amateur team and just training once a week all together and then obviously going up for games. I think what you want a football club to be in a community, if you can have local players. I do think that's uh, that that's important in terms of connection with the fans. Uh, so I do I think uh, it's a, a better model. Right, okay, I'll ask you the the big question last. Have you got a prediction for uh, the match on Saturday? <laughs> um, I, I don't really. I mean, in the in the thread for the predictions, I think every single person here who either uh, Adrian Wayne, I think was the most predominant and a few people going draws. So I said I'd buck the trend and um, go for a Cove win. And I think I said 2-0, but that's in hope more than more than anything else. Um, I don't, I really don't see how I, uh, I don't know how I see it panning out. There's too many variables and too many good players. It'll just take a moment of brilliance. And, you know, is that going to come from Easton and get Smith and Gallagher, or is it going to come from Rory or Harry? Or... I would be happy with the draw. Yeah, no, I mean, a draw, is a, a draw is a perfectly acceptable result for Cove. The pressure's on us. We need to, uh, we need to try and win it. I hope it's a. Uh, I hope it is a really good game. Uh, the, the club have put the, the ticket prices down, um, so get along if you if you're listening to this and you're you're swaying at all, uh, come along. Even if you're a, a neutral, it'll be uh, it's a top of the table clash, uh, and I think it's uh, uh, it's really nicely poised. Uh, it, it really need to win. Um, the Cove, you you've mentioned the running. I mean, you've got 
you got to play in a sand pit the <laughs> for the Queen's Park game, but you've got plenty of beaches up around Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah, Fergie used to train Aberdeen on on one of those. I'm sure that can uh, that can be done for the sake of a week. I, I think this is uh, this is where it's at. So I we won't wish each other good luck for Saturday, but I think we're both agreed these are the two teams who should go up. And it'd be great if we could both get promoted. And I've mentioned to you, I didn't manage to get up to Cove this year, so I would love to uh, to go up next year. But yeah, enjoy. Enjoy the rest of your season, hopefully an extended season with a, a playoff victory for Cove. Um, but but yeah, it, it's been great speaking to you, David. And thank you for coming on. And hopefully I get a chance to bump into you uh, on Saturday if you're about. Yes, and we'll welcome you up to tomorrow next season when we're both in the Championship. 